Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is Tyler Bronick, your host. Today I'll be chatting with Chris Chancy, the CEO and founder of Amplio Recruiting, a staffing agency that places refugees. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Guys Like Us. Thanks for tuning in today to an episode with Chris Chancy. He's a man who helps guide people to where they can be used best, despite where they come from or where they are right now. He is the CEO and founder of Amplio Recruiting, which is a staffing agency that places refugees to companies across the United States and in London, England. Chris has found that doing great work and showing your best self at work doesn't always have to mean putting a voice out uh, for for Jesus, saying that you're a a Christ follower, but rather your actions speak volume. He shares a bit more about his upbringings and story in faith, how he went to be a pastor or get involved in quote-unquote ministry, going to divinity school, but that quickly changed as his call to business stewardship and actually be an entrepreneur took fold. He started 10 companies before Amplio Recruiting stuck. He shares a bit more tips and advice for welcoming people into the spirit of God and, and how that looks on a day-to-day basis with one simple simple technique. So we share a lot in this episode, um, have a good dialogue back and forth, and I'm sure that you guys would like it. So please tune in and I will talk to you soon. Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Chris Chancy. Chris is currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia, and is the founder and CEO of Amplio Recruiting. So without further ado, Chris, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. So how I, I like to kick us off um, is just by opening up in a, in a quick prayer, uh, and I can lead us to start, and then at the end of the show, I'm going to have you close us out as well, so just to, to get prepared for that. Great. Let's awesome. do it. Heavenly Father, thanks for bringing Chris and I together this evening, um, just spending some time, making making time out of our day, and, and just focusing on, on, on what you have in store for, for this conversation. Um, despite the fact that we're you know hundreds and possibly thousands of miles away, um, we still have the opportunity to, to, to gather together. And, and when you say when you know two or three gather together, um, we're, we're in the spirit and the presence of the Lord. So I, I'm just excited for this conversation today and excited to hear about Chris's story and background and all the gifts and passions that you've poured into to, to his life and how he's been able to have so much faith in, in persisting and, and pushing through to, to see these fruits come to fruition. Um, so with this, I pray in your name. Amen. 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 All right. So to get things started... Um, I just want you to open up and, and share a bit more about yourself. Uh, obviously, you're in Atlanta, Georgia now. Have you always been in Atlanta? And and then also, what are some of your biggest um, passions and gifts and, and kind of how that led into your into Amplio recruiting as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in South Georgia, in a small town, and um, grew up in a great family. Uh, my, my dad... Um, 
was a career uh, guy with the uh, U.S. Postal Service, but um, he also was really into multi-level marketing, um, uh, which uh, you know some people might have uh, other uh, alternative names for that would not be politically correct. And so, um, so I kind of I get a little bit of taste of what uh, business or entrepreneurs entrepreneurialism was like there. Um, but then I also had uh, my mom who. Um, who worked as a computer uh, technician and, and kind of was always um, around technology. And, um, and she was also on the side, kind of at her side hustle, she was a professional clown. And so I had this uh, good mix of um, just being around people and, and encouraging people. And at the same time, um, and, you know, just, just what it was like to hustle and, and, um, and to work and, and, um, and so it's just a good mix. Um, and, I, and I grew up in a small church, um, a Pentecostal church, and had just a great group of people around me that invested uh, invested in me and, and my childhood. So enjoyed that experience. I uh, grew up, went to University of Georgia, and, um, and then from there, I really thought I was going to be a pastor and um, went to Denver Seminary to, uh, to study, uh, to, to get an MDiv, and then God had other plans. Um, and so wound up uh, in business. Maybe that'll come up uh, at some point mm-hmm. in this conversation. Um, but uh, at this point, running Amplio Recruiting, um, and we are a staffing company. Uh, specifically, we're placing refugees who've resettled in the U.S. with great companies and uh, just having the opportunity to build relationships with people from all over the world and see them thrive when given the opportunity to work. Wow, incredible story. Um, well, first of all, go dogs. Let's go, Doc. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, just a little short. But yeah. We can all celebrate the. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was great. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was actually, I was quite, I was quite upset when Alabama won. You know, it's the, it's the. I, I always pull for the for the underdogs, and and that there's definitely a pun intended there as well. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it just sounds like your 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 family in particular, it just really kind of on the front lines, kind of, you know, show, a showman and, and show women, um, where you really kind of had to, to earn every, earn every penny, what it sounds like. And it was very, it's performance based or, or like you'd have to, you'd have to see, um, fruits of your labor come out and to, to sustain yourself. And, um, I think a lot of times we, we tend to focus on like this end result and like that this is what, I have to do and, and, and just, and, and that's how I'm going to get there. But I, th- I think we forget to, to, to zoom back in on the process. And I think, but I think you, you covered that pretty well too, of, of how this, this work worksmanship and just this hustle really played into, into your life. Um, and this kind of will, will transition a bit more into your faith walk too. But when we look at Jesus, I think of, him as somebody who was, I mean, he he's all, he was all these things, right? And I mean, we see Jesus Jesus in all all different parts of ministry and all different parts of work, and um, he was a you know a true hustler too. I mean, really, you know, preach, preaching the gospel day in day out. You know, was a carpenter before, so you know he's seen he's seen it all. Um, and kind of with that, I want to hear what when you started to follow Jesus. Is that something that um, was also kind of part of your upbringing as well was that instilled from your parents yeah yeah it was and had a great community uh faith that, that i grew up in um our, our church was a pentecostal church so um got exposed to uh 
what it means to really understand the Holy Spirit yeah. uh, from an early age. And, um, and so, I mean, but for me, it was, it was, uh, this kind of expectation that because I, I did the right things, um, and I had, um, you know, I, I had, had kind of walked the right path that, um, there was, there's only one kind of expectation to be, to be a pastor and to kind of continue that process, um, to be holy, it meant to be standing behind the pulpit. And that was where kind of the, if there's a hierarchy of, you know, how you can serve God, that is the, the top. you know, it's either there or you're mm-hmm. going off to the mission field. And so, um, it definitely took some, um, just kind of a, a new understanding of theology and, and a theology of work to realize maybe there's a different way to approach um, just our daily task and whatever we're doing with our time and the resources we've been given. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so it, walk me through a bit more about that, about that experience that, you know, you, you had this calling that, that you, thought that you know after going to divinity school in denver that this was the path for you um when did you make that change was it something that was there's this you know critical juncture really tipping point in your life and you're like all right i i'm I'm gonna be an entrepreneur um and start amply recruiting so kind of take me through the 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 change of change of you know career almost um well definitely and then uh, a bit more about Amplio uh, recruiting and how that got started. Yeah, so we had uh, we I got married uh, right after college, mm-hmm. and two weeks later moved to Denver and uh, started at a Denver Seminary. And um, it didn't take long; it was just studying Scripture in a new way, in more of an academic setting. Um, and and I was volunteering, kind of serving with the church. Um, they were paying me one hundred fifty dollars a month. And so I felt like I had a good job, and uh, and things were going well. Um, but it, it being being in the church setting, uh, and just studying scripture really for the first time in a new way, just started seeing more and more in the Word about work and business and stewardship and wealth and generosity, and just things that I didn't hear taught from the pulpit. Um, and the more that I began to apply that to to, to my life and kind of look around, I saw there were lots of businesses that if they had a successful product or if they were doing a great job and providing excellent service, they had the opportunity to connect with a lot of people. But in Denver, um, you know, we could put on a really great service at the church we were at, uh, but that didn't necessarily mean that that, um, people were going to be coming in the doors on Sunday to learn more or to experience, you know, Christ. And so it was was just a a sense of, man, I, I think there's a lot of other people that could be impacted if we do business well. So it was a, it was, it was several, several months, maybe even a couple of years of just theology of work and kind of figuring that out. But there was a point where I turned to my wife and I said, well, thanks for following me to Denver, but I don't think I'm supposed to be a pastor anymore. And, um, and so we, we did what any uh, Christian who wants to learn about business would do at that point. We went down the street and got a job at Chick-fil-A <laughs> and, uh, and a few months into that experience, um, my wife and I both had the opportunity to kind of to run one Chick-fil-A restaurant together. Um, and so she was in kind of a marketing director role and I was a general manager and we made a lot of mistakes on Chick-fil-A's dime. And uh, I, I still kind of joke, like for me, um, they were, someone told me, okay, this is your P&L. And I thought that was three letters, like P-N-L. Like I, there was just so much I did not know about business um, and about profit and loss statements or anything else for that matter. 
And so we got to cut our teeth in the food service world, which is a great place to start and learn so much. <laughs> and um, through that process, just just was that we're able to really practice and kind of put into practice this theology of work that I was learning in the classroom. So I was surrounded by lots of great people who were planning to be pastors. Um, but I was all of a sudden I was seeing scripture in a whole new way. And I was asking questions and kind of the squeaky wheel in class to try to really make this practical. And how does this apply to my work and the, and the, and the work of the people that I see around me? Um, so it was a really fun season. And, uh, and I feel like I'm still in that season in some way, still learning how this applies directly to my day to day and the other people around me, the employees that we have. Uh, so I think it's something that there's certainly been a revival in conversation and discussion. And this podcast is an example of people just wanting to have that conversation around how does faith and work intersect. Mm, awesome. Um, so actually a bit deeper on that too is, you know, when you were, um, for example, kind of back on your, your experience at Chick-fil-A, um, was obviously, you know, when you were getting started, you were just trying to, you know, stay afloat and stay alive, I'm sure. Um, but as you kind of got going and you thought, okay, well, this is, you know, I'm maybe starting to get the hang of it now. Um, was there, is there, was there a new way that you thought of kind of how you could, um, really start to maybe evangelize or, or just, you know, share the gospel in a different way? And, and yeah, I think I, I, I fell into this thought, which I think a lot of us initially may do in the, in, the, in the kind of Christian world. What we've been taught is really you see work as a place where you share your faith with your coworker. And so if you're not doing that um, in word, you know, during the day that like, um, you know, hey, man, you should come to church with me on Sunday or, man, I, I hate to hear that, you know, this bad thing happened to you, but I'm praying for you. You know, kind of that's the extent of like. I'm trying to be a Christian in my workplace. Um, whereas I, I realized, man, it gets so far beyond that. That first of all, doing excellent work is just the, the very best thing we can do to worship Christ because he's given us the ability and the resources to do that. And when we do that, that opens up a, a huge door of opportunity to say, this is what motivates me. This is what drives me, um, not to an unhealthy level, but to a place where I want to do work, um, with integrity and I want to do it uh, with excellence. So I, mean, I think it just started there. And then over time kind of seeing other ways of just trying to incorporate, uh, even in my thoughts, the way that I work is, is worship. And just uh, over time kind of seeing that, seeing it play out with our employees. Sure. There's a time to pray for someone or there's a time to, um, you know, uh, disciple. There's a time to speak the truth in love and, and in the workplace, especially if you're in a leadership position to, to hold someone accountable and sometimes have to fire people. Um, and I think all those things can be done um, with the discipleship kind of mindset, but there's also just a time to work hard and do it well and um, to model what it looks like to follow Christ and, and taking a loss and failing gracefully and owning up to it, being humble. I mean, there's just, you're, when you're with people 40, 50, 60 hours a week, you have so many opportunities to fail and succeed and do it in a way that honors Christ and, um, I don't feel like there's another avenue out there that can have that much influence. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, so, so now a, a bit more on Amplio recruiting. Um, so, can you walk me through? You know, first of all, you know, how many for how many years have you been? You know, the the, the founder and CEO of this organization. And um, I mean, I have so many questions here, but I just want to start. Um, was this a, was this was this a, a success from the get go? Where 
were were people excited to hire refugees and just like just they're just you know floodgates were open and just you just had to find the, the uh, refugees to place them how did that look yeah you're, you're teeing this up here <laughs> yeah um we're we're about three and a half years in and uh and it definitely has not been up and to the right from the start that's for sure um I will say that I, uh, with my wife and I kind of together, we started 10 different companies before we got to Amplio. Um, one of those we can say is, has been a success. So out of, so Amplio being number 10, there was definitely a process of failing forward and learning from mistakes and trying things here, trying things there, kind of learning what matched up with our gifts, with my strengths, um, but also just learning and, and seeing where we could, um, really leverage our abilities and, and opportunities. So, um, so when we, when we started Amplio, um, there was about a year and a half where, uh, we made no money. Um, I was working full time with hope international, which is a, um, microfinance nonprofit, a faith-based organization that helps, uh, entrepreneurs in, in the developing world start their own businesses. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I was learning a lot there about still this whole intersection of faith and work and um, had started Amplio on the side. And, um, and so, yeah, a year and a half without, without a dime. And, um, and the only reason why I even made it that far is because in other things that I'd started, I'd quit. And I, would, um, I didn't want this to be one more thing on the list of like I didn't give it uh, enough. You know, I didn't try hard enough. And so it was right around the year and a half mark where I felt like, okay, I've given everything I can give here. Um, I, I, we helped probably 70, 75 people get jobs during that time frame, but we weren't paid for any of those. And so I just said, well, um, we're functioning as a nonprofit in the sense that we're not getting, we're not earning any income off of what we're doing, but we're helping people. So maybe that's what this needs to be, or maybe there's just something that I've missed along the way. And so we're just going to shut everything down. I'm going to step back and, and learn from it. And, um, and it was at that point that, you know, really just kind of like, uh, sacrificing my own kind of desire for success and even just kind of feeling like, you know, God, I was trying to do this thing to help people and honor you sort of over my shoulder, kind of like, mm. God, why didn't you help me? Why didn't you make this successful? So, um, so I was working through some of those things and it was about two weeks in to this season of like, all right, this is done. It's completely over that. Um, we got a phone call one morning from a, from a company and they said, Hey, we, we would love to hire 40 refugees. We heard about what you're doing, um, but we need you to uh, put them on your payroll and you cover the workers comp. And so if you're ready to do this, we can start tomorrow. Well, at the time the business model I had wasn't what this company was asking for. Um, and even though I knew that's kind of what the market was needing for us really to be a full fledged staffing company, we just weren't set up that way. Um, and all the input and advice I'd gotten to that point was leading us to say, it's just too complicated, too much capital needed. Uh, just don't go down that road. So, um, so I said, Hey, thanks for the call, but, uh, we are not, we're no longer in business cause we couldn't do the things you just asked me to do. Mm. And so, you know, good luck. Um, I can, I can give you a reference for another staffing company if you need one. And, uh, and his response is really what started to kind of change the direction of Amplio. So, um, he says, I'll give you three days to figure it out. And he hung up the phone. And, uh, and so, now I'm just staring there at the computer screen at like the blank white Google screen and thinking like, what do I type in, uh, in this search bar to somehow <laughs> get me back to a place that I haven't, 
I mean, I've already gone down all the roads. I've already explored all the options. There's just no path forward. And, um, and I was a little frustrated at God. Like, what are you trying to do here? Like, is this, this seems like a great opportunity. What is, are you just messing with me? Like what's going on? And so, um, I looked down at my phone and I had a calendar, um, a reminder pop up on the screen. Um, I was supposed to be on a phone call with a guy that I'd never met, but he wanted, he reached out to me and wanted to talk about microfinance. So that was my full-time day job. And so, uh, so all I knew is there's a business guy in Chicago and he's interested in talking about microfinance. So put all this stuff aside about refugees and let me get on the phone with this guy. And uh, five minutes into the phone call, uh, he starts sharing his story. And he says, yeah, I just sold a really successful staffing company up here in Chicago. And now I'm serving as a consultant for startup staffing agencies. <laughs> so for me, it was this moment uh, feeling like the world kind of stopped. And I'm, he's still talking, but I felt like I was just hearing from the Lord this sense of like, there's a new direction. And uh, you don't, I'm, I'm leading this now. You don't need to be the one trying to force this into place um, and I'm in control of it. And just, just a total shift in my mind of like, he's not behind me me trying to like, Hey, get your attention. God, please help me out. But mm-hmm. feeling like he's in front of me leading the way and that it's not my business. It's not me to force into place. It's not me to make it successful. I can't white knuckle it. I can't, you know, it's, it's more about me being humble and working hard in line with what God's leading. It. So this concept of ambition ambition kind of came out of that um, that moment and just feel like man I want to be I want to allow God to lead this and so um, kind of click back into reality and I'm hearing the rest of his story and I said all right well let's talk about microfinance but I have this other conversation that we need to have as well and so uh, I shared that year and a half journey spilling my guts about where we've been and the conversation I just got just had and and um, he said well if if you really are serious about this, I think we could be up and running in three days. I mean, I've got some contractors and some connections. And so three days later we called the company back and, uh, and we were, we were back online and, and, uh, the, the, the guy, this company said, there's no way that you're, you're ready. I just was telling you that to get off the phone with you. I was like, no, we're ready. We're doing this. So, so that's been uh, roughly a little over two years ago. And, wow. um, and since then there's been tons of failures. We've been close to, being out of business several times, but um, for the most part, it has been um, trending in, in a good direction. And, uh, and a lot, there's a lot of reasons for that, but the biggest reason is that um, God is, is driving it forward, and, uh, and there's a lot of refugees who are really dependable and doing great work. Awesome. Awesome. That's, uh, that's awesome. That was a really in-depth story and I appreciate that, um, you know, full context. So I, I don't have to pry any more information out of you. <laughs> um, but, but, um, a question I wanted to know, what, um, is there, is there a place where most refugees end up getting placed? Is there a typical industry or kind of a job function that, um, that they, you know, do best in and often, uh, you kind of have, you know, repeating refugees go to the same companies? Yeah, mostly the industries we focus on are construction and manufacturing. Mm. Uh, so those are those are two really good uh, industries because there's a huge demand right now, mm. and uh, there's a lot of entry level roles that, with a little skill, a little training, uh, refugees are able to step into, and then and also move up um, and and move up quickly um, in those industries. And then uh, we do a lot of a lot in hospitality as well. So those are the three. Uh, but then we have a range. We have other people who are stepping into some really unique roles based on their background and their skills, and 
and uh, doing really well. Um, so it's it's always exciting to see who's going to walk in the door and what kind of background and resumes they're going to have and what kind of skills they have. And in some cases, things that we've never heard of before that um, can contribute to the local economy and have an impact in the marketplace. Absolutely, I, I kind of think of that story too as um like you know the the, the classic you know uh, five loaves of bread and two fish you know and you have to feed feed five thousand people. And, you know, at, at first, you know, the, the, the uh, disciples are just, they're just perplexed, you know, it's their, how, how can we possibly feed 5,000 people, right? Or, and that was like, it's just that kind of like leap of faith type thing and, and, and making something out of what appears to be nothing. And I think that was just, that's just that faith moment too. And, um, but I also think it's, you know, God, God put somebody in your life in, in that time for a reason um, and for a purpose. And, and even that, just that phone call completely changed things around. And I just think that's, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty surreal to say that God had done more in two phone calls in a, the span of five minutes than I'd been able to accomplish in a year and a half yeah. in all of what I would say is hustling. And at the end of the day, um, I'm completely dependent on God. And, yeah. and I, I mean, and I, I, I try to be really careful in saying that because then the mindset is just, oh, well, you know, God's going to do it and I don't have to do anything. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think there's a lot to be said for working hard and being efficient and driving towards whatever the goals are that you've set mm-hmm. and being a steward of the opportunity you have. But there's certainly a, um, there's a, there's a freedom that comes with knowing that at the end of the day, uh, my, my success is not in uh, my own hands um, it's not going to yeah. be measured by the bank account or by the IPO. It's going to be mm-hmm. measured by, um, you know, where God dictates this business goes. And it kind of allows me to hold it a little bit looser um, and kind of keeps me from being pulled into the culture of just work harder, hustle more. Uh, I mean, all that stuff's going to lead to more burnout. And we just have to balance it well and knowing how to, when to push in and when to, um, just work consistently, mm. and um, it's a uh, it's something that I'm learning and failing in yeah. pretty often. Yeah, no, I think that's a big challenge for me too. That really is. I think I'm sure a lot of people are are in that as well. That this kind of this dynamic of um, you know leaving it in God's hands, but also making sure that you are are putting in putting in good works too, and you're working hard, um, and because you know you've been given these the the opportunity to work too. So it's you and as you mentioned earlier, you know if you're if you're working hard and you're showing up and you're and you're excelling in what you're doing, you're 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 representing God God in a, in a really great way. Um, and, and kind of backtracking again, I wanted to hear what were some of the biggest hesitations that like that these companies had at first, or you know, or kind of at a larger scale now of bringing in refugees, especially kind of given the climate right now and a lot of really countries in whole are, are, you know, refusing even to let, you know, refugees in. Um, and then even more so what you're doing is, is kind of like you're, you're breaking the boundaries and, and, and passing all barriers. Not only are they really in, but they're contributing and they're, and they have full time or, you know, some of them have full time work. So, yeah, it's certainly been a really hot topic politically. And, uh, and I think we've benefited by being, in the position we've been in, um, because as, as this topic's really hit the media over the past year and a half, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who've 
for the first time kind of understand understood what a refugee is mm. and um and so that means they may be calling us saying hey cheap labor we want to you know right here in our backyard like help us mm. get that versus uh also you know a lot of people that just man um we want to help these people we want to be a part of their uh, acclimation or just their success in in um, you know the new life they're they're starting over here with in the u.s and so um either way i mean i think there's a place for um certainly in, in the marketplace right now, there's just such a need. Mm. Um, there's just a lot of labor shortage in so many mm. different industries. And uh, these are individuals who want to add value. They want to pay taxes. They want to be treated as citizens eventually. Um, and they're legal to work. And uh, there's a lot of motivation on their part to mm. work hard and, and provide for their families. Um, very little issues when you think about, um, you know, any substance abuse kind of stuff, you know, passing a drug test or anything like that. I mean, this is not a community that, you know, has issues there. And so it's the answer in so many cases for a lot of companies who are, who are losing thousands and thousands of dollars because they just have uh, such a high turnover rate. Um, they're not able to keep you know, folks engaged and, and uh, loyal to the, to the company. And so um, we've got folks doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, for, for various companies working with uh, contractors for Google, mm. uh, for Tesla. Um, we have a, a lot of folks at the Atlanta airport here, Hartsville Jackson Airport. Um, we've, we've, we've got an office in Dallas, one in Houston, one in Raleigh. And so um, as we grow, it's just more and more neat opportunities mm. that um, you know folks are contributing to. We're working on a contract right now where our legal refugees would be involved in helping build or at least be considered for uh, as a contractors to help build the wall that potentially may divide Mexico and the U S. So it's, it's, uh, mm. it continues to provide some really interesting, uh, political drama for us to tiptoe carefully yeah. around. Um, but we get to play both sides of the issue in many cases because, um, people want to see, uh, the economy grow. Um, there's lots of jobs that need to be filled if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, I think the bottom line is that these this group of people can easily be seen as a charity case. Someone needs to give them handouts to help them survive, or they can be seen as terrorists that they don't belong here and they're just here to, to somehow, you know, sabotage or, or um, you know, do some kind of uh, you know traumatic cause some kind of traumatic event. But the reality is, is in how we define them as a workforce. They're truly a group of people who have so much to offer mm. if we give them that. Uh, if that, given that opportunity. So just one really quick example. Um, yeah. We had a, a lady who started on Monday of this week and um, uh, sorry, this, this past week. And uh, from as soon as she got there, um, the company called me and said, Hey, this, she doesn't really have the skill set we were looking for for the job description we gave you. It's just not going to work. Mm. Um, but they said, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and train her a little bit and just kind of see if she's able to make it. But I, I mean, we've done this a lot. We've been around for a while. This just isn't going to fit. So we started recruiting, trying to find another person who's going to match what they're looking for. And we, we felt like, well, maybe we need to kind of go outside of the refugee community. Maybe we're just not going to find the right fit for what they need because it's a, um, it was a QA position and it required a little mm. bit more intelligence and, and um, education than this individual had. Mm. So it's been one week. We had the right, what I thought would be the right candidate ready to take them up there. And the company called and said, you know, actually what? She's picked up really fast. I mean, her resume doesn't have anything on here that we would normally say is a good fit, but she's she's doing really well. She's got all the signs that show that she's going to thrive in this role. 
we said, yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. Like if they, if they're given an opportunity, they will prove themselves. It's so exciting to hear uh, companies like that, giving them a chance and seeing individuals like Roby, she's from Ethiopia, um, take the opportunity and run with it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I love that, that just this concept of like, when you, when you open up a little bit and just give exactly give an opportunity to, to just to he, just to enjoy people and, and just really see how that they can contribute in, in, in different ways that your initial perception or your initial stereotype just needs to be, needs to be thrown away. And it's tough. It really is tough for a lot of people. Um, but, and I think that's the same, I mean, that that's the same way for me, for, you know, the guys like us podcast, really, it's just these different, a variety of different people. And I think, um, based on, I think people tend to kind of focus on the, the on, on these different issues and, and, and really on how they're different rather than focusing on, on how we're all alike. Um, so, you know, there's one, maybe there's one issue or one topic that someone has spoken out about. Um, but you know, you're missing the 99% of, of who they are. Um, and I mean, God loves us, loves us all the same anyway. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, and, and on that, um, I, I also think it's like, it's kind of humbling. This kind of came to me. It's like, we're all, we're all homeless. Right. And we're all like searching for, for something greater. And, you know, for those folks who are Christian, like they're searching for the kingdom. Right. And are like, are hoping to be, to be in the kingdom and, or, and to go home. Um, so it, this kind of notion that we all are homeless and we, whether we understand it or not. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great theme. Uh, and I think we see that throughout scripture. I mean, if you, yeah. if you've, if you've studied scripture or, or even if you haven't, I think you can, you still kind of understand the grand narrative of, you know, the, this group of Israelites who, um, were forced out of their home mm. and, and even how like today we as Christians kind of relate to, you know, this wandering through the desert, trying to find that promised land again. Mm. And, and even we see in the new Testament, right? I mean, Christ, Jesus was a, a refugee. You know, he was, he was forced mm-hmm. uh, to leave because of a massive genocide that happened, which is, you know, a common story even today. Uh, so many of the folks coming out of Southeast uh, Asia, out of Africa. And, um, and you know, he was, he was in Egypt for a time. And just like every refugee that, that we've ever met, they hope eventually one day they, they would be able to return home and kind of pick up life where it was. And so... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the case for Jesus, obviously being able to go back and start his ministry. Um, but uh, it's it's certainly that that theme of um, all of us being sojourners in the land and searching for uh, where we belong. And, and mm. uh, I think we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and then just the last few things I wanted to touch on. Um, and you you mentioned this briefly, uh, but I want to come back to it. How do you share Jesus with your employees, um, whether they, you know, are Christians right now or, or they're not right now? I, just how do you how do you go about doing so? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think first we we kind of step back and say, okay, what where where has God where is God at work in the business um, that we have? And I think for different people in different places. Um, it might be hard or kind of challenging to see where uh, where God might be at work and where they can invite God into the work that they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And so it'd be easy for us to say, oh, well, you know, we're getting to 
interact with people of different faiths from different countries. And so sharing our faith or praying with them, I mean, that's obvious. But I think even just taking a step back and saying, well, in the, in the, in the, very, at the very minimum, by helping someone be better connected to the abilities that God's given them, and then being able to use that in the workforce in some way, that is worship unto God. I mean, that is such like beautiful restoration of dignity and purpose. I mean, that in and of itself is mm-hmm. is really glorifying. And so that's a powerful piece of what we get to do. Um, but then, yeah, there's this greater another opportunity um, of just of sharing um, who Christ is, what He means to us. And so for us, it just kind of starts off by asking if we can pray. Um, for us, our team has kind of memorized this one way of asking the question that seems to re- result in a greater response, emotional response. So we just say, is there anything that you or your family need that we can pray and ask God to help you with? For whatever reason, when we say it like that, we get more of a response. And so we pray. We pray in Jesus' name. And it just opens up the door for the Spirit of God to move. So if they're mm-hmm. praying for someone that's sick to be healed or for some paperwork to come in or for someone to get a job even, um, if those things happen— um, especially if they happen pretty quickly, there's a sense of like, whoa, like God just moved in my life. You just prayed for this and it just happened. And it just opens up the door for us to be able to share more about um, our background, our faith, what we believe in, and and ultimately the grace and peace of Christ that truly is different from any other belief system or, or you know, religion that they've ascribed to. Um, and so that starts to change things. Um, our team has memorized some passages of scripture from the Gospels. And so we'll share those uh, passages uh, word for word from the Bible when we have the opportunity, um, just telling stories about Jesus. And, uh, and, and even that is, can be um, pretty unique in some ways and kind of radical for people to hear real stories of Christ. Mm-hmm. And then we try to connect people to a local church and you know, get them plugged into the church, uh, which is God's main kind of way of uh, bringing redemption in the world. And so it's faulted and, and faulty in a lot of ways, but um, that's also where... Uh, you know, where this, where the community of, of Christians gather together to worship God. And so we feel like that's a, a vital part of the process. Well, very, very well put, very well put. And I, I, I agree with all that. Um, that's awesome. Um, and, and, and just to final question um, I had uh, was, is there anything else that, that you want to share um, that, that we haven't touched on right now, or maybe, or maybe going back and, elaborating or just kind of honing back in on something that we already have shared. So either or. Yeah. The, the, the grand finale here. Um, mm. man, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many things we're learning right now and what we're doing. Um, I think, um, I think it's important maybe to circle back to something we've touched on already a couple of times. Just if, if I'm a young guy, you know, late twenties, early thirties, and uh, and I'm in the marketplace and trying to add value. Maybe I have a family, um, a wife, or maybe a young kid, young kids on the way. Um, I want to, I want to to work hard and to work with excellence, um, but I want to be so careful to not be kind of swept away in the culture that just says more hours and and harder. The harder you work is going to equal some greater uh, outcome in the future. And I think in just planning to um, to have boundaries and have um, you know really play things set up and kind of have it set up in place so that I can be really what whatever it is God's calling us to be. And so for some of us, it truly might be um, 
something outside of, of, you know, having a family. But for those of us who are married or who have children or will, or see that in our future one day, that is our primary and first calling. And to do that well and to be able to run a business or be uh, vitally involved in the growth of the business is certainly a challenge. But I think that's a great opportunity for us to, to lead with integrity. And so at our company, one of our values, we talk about consistency. And we kind of compare that to constancy. So we just say, um, you know, being constant or being, con- you know, that, that idea of constancy at work is what breeds burnout. It's that hustle, never quit. I'm going to not take no for an answer kind of mentality that probably is just going to lead us to an unhealthy place in our relationships and in our work. It's probably not going to lead to us having the most to contribute every day. Um, but more a sense of constant, uh, sorry, consistency would be when I'm at work, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to push things forward. I'm going to finish what needs to be finished. I'm going to work efficiently, but I know when it's time to flip the switch and, and, and turn it off. And some days it means putting in 12, 14 hours, but other days it means, um, really being able to turn things off and go home and be present with family or with friends. But I catch myself in moments where I'm physically present, but I'm mentally somewhere else with with family or friends and knowing that that's not a healthy place to be. So we're trying to manage that well in an attempt to honor God with the resources he's given us at our disposal. We want to be generous with what we've been given and that's time and money and focus and attention and energy and all those things. So maybe that's a good place to, to kind of close it out is just uh, an encouragement to be consistent in the way that we go about our work and do it well. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, um, what what comes to mind when you when you talk about um, consistency, but then also knowing when when work is done and when it's time to to enjoy the other things that that God has given us in life too. Um, I I think there's a lot of value in reflection um, and and just kind of taking some intentional time, whether you know it's something that you initiate and you create a a routine. Or if it's just kind of God's calling on you to do something, and you you got to step aside and just kind of answer that that maybe it's a you know two minute prayer call, um, but taking some time away to focus on whether it's prayer, journaling, um, or you know or exactly or even just fellowship with others too. But taking some time and make you know creating some intentional time to do that, um, kind of as a proactive, and then also. Um, you know, sometimes it's going to be reactive and God's going to tell you something to, to do something and you got to, you know, do your best to, to really answer that and, and follow through. Um, I'm actually holding a, a workshop next week on, on journaling. So the, uh, the value of journaling, it really is a starting place of, of understanding and finding yourself. So, um, yeah, I think it's something I'm really passionate about and I, I think it's, it's, it's important to, to, to incorporate these things because it helps you be more consistent, right? It helps you be more, it helps you work smarter and, and be more effective as well. And, and yeah. you know, and, and be a good business person as well, like we're called to be and be, and, and be good yeah. stewards. So that's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Um, is there a place that people can follow you or just kind of see what you're up to? Yeah, we'd love for you to follow along uh, on any of the socials, Amplio underscore recruit. Um, and then you can also, um, you can also text the word refugee to 444-999 and uh, that would put you on our email list. Uh, we just send uh, a monthly email out with a few different articles, uh, stories of some of our employees and what they've overcome 
uh, just highlights of different things going on in the culture around refugees and how you can be involved wherever you live and what you're doing. So um, it's been really fun to see people follow along with that and, and become more engaged in the mm-hmm. refugee dialogue. Great. Great. All right. Well, well, thank you so much. I, 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 re- I really appreciate this time, Chris. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad we, we, we covered a lot and uh, kind of on, on different, ends, different ends of the spectrum, but they all kind of work together and, and play and intertwine. So um, just to close out, would you mind wrapping us up in prayer? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. Father, uh, we're just grateful that we can talk fluidly about, um, about how you're, how you're moving in the marketplace and um, how our faith can drive uh, our work and, and um, what we do, how we approach um, the different things that come across our desk, the different things that we put our hands to. And I just pray you bless our work, God, that you would give us discernment and wisdom in the work that we do and how to approach it. Uh, God, give us integrity um, in those moments where it's not black and white and, uh, and we may falter in exactly how we should move forward. Uh, God, I pray you put people around us who can keep us accountable to doing things um, in a way that's going to best honor you and that we pursue that. Um, I pray that you give us those moments and times to reflect and that we can build that into our calendar, whether it's journaling or uh, just those moments to uh, to see how you're moving at work around us. Um, but God, I just pray you give us favor in the marketplace. Um, just increase our influence, um, not for our own benefit, but for um, for the for being able to to show the light and the example of who you are and just how you love us and, and the grace that we can live from. Pray you give us humility in our work, and um, and God that we would honor you and joy uh, and peace um, in everything that we put our hands to. And uh, God, we're thankful for your, uh, how you're moving around the world, certainly here in the U.S. with refugees who've been resettled. And I just pray that um, you uh, encourage us all to pursue whatever that calling is that you place in our hearts. And, um, and God, we're, we're grateful that you speak to us, that you use us, even though you don't have to. And um, we thank you for all of this. And we love you in your name. Amen. Amen.